Tappers, what's up? It is the Tuesday edition of the Daily Tap. We're doing things a little different today. We are joined by a very special guest, the man behind the draft manifesto, the guy that I taped a few Saturdays with building that draft manifesto. Now the NFL draft is here. We're going to do all the draft knowledge notebook. We're dumping it all out for the people, for the Green Bay Packers, and for the NFL. So that is Nolan Murphy. You can find him at the Nolan Murphy on the Twitter and Instagram. Murph, what's happening? What's up, buddy? Uh, happy holidays. Easily yeah. the best week of the year that doesn't include a Packers game day. This is our off season. Our off season starts every year on Thursday morning. You know, maybe Wednesday night when action picks up. I don't think we'll see much of that other than maybe um, Urban Meyer coming out and saying we're drafting Trevor Lawrence, which everyone has known since the Jaguars got the first overall pick. But it's an awesome week. I think the draft being so unusual again this year with no combine and a lot of opt-out guys, it may be even more interesting than last year because last year we had a lot of tape on everybody. The combine occurred. They, they just happened to be drafting from their living room. So right. roles have reversed a lot, and the Packers are drafting where they should be at the end of the first round. They have 10 picks. They need to you know, fill some spots in the roster, which we'll get to. But uh, I love the draft. If you're listening to this, you know that. Uh, I think at some point late Wednesday night, I'll get over like my 10th annual draft. Uh, full recap with many spelling errors, way too late. You asking, where is it, Nolan, me, you know, only having months and months to, you know, switch it over from my iPhone notes to an actual Word doc, but uh, we're a little ahead of it. I've actually put it onto my desktop at this point. Oh, shit. All right. I mean, this is what knee injuries do. You just have more time. You're working from home. I mean, I know it's probably busy for you, but you're still some opportunity there. Yeah. I mean, I've never had more time since maybe I was a freshman in college to really dive into the draft. You know, just to bring you behind the scenes, there's many, you know, mock draft simulators out there. I used one from Pro Football Focus way too much. I mean, maybe days spent on this thing. It's addicting. And um, I feel like I could sit down in a draft room and run a lot of drafts for these teams because a lot of these teams, as a lot of guys out there will tell you, they're still going to make mistakes. There's still going to be a running back drafted in the first round, which I don't understand. Um, I bet against that already. And we'll talk about that later. But, um, there's dumb teams still out there. I mean, Jerry Jones is running a draft and the, you know, the Cowboys have the 10th pick and he might want to pick Jalen Waddle, which is nuts. So yeah, it, it's going to be awesome. I, I wish the draft was last week. It, you know, it's been pushed out a little bit this year, you know, just with April being long, um, but it's going to be an awesome couple of days. Yeah, absolutely. And I think no one really knows what the Packers are going to do. I think that's what the, incredible thing is and what makes it so much fun is that throughout the Ted Thompson now Brian Gunacoust era we don't actually know what they're going to do everyone got obsessed with the Roz score I feel like you and I were on that shit last year year prior we knew that there are certain qualifications that Brian Gunacoust likes and so yeah he might show his hand but I still think he is like a guy at the poker table where you really don't know if he has a flush or he has just nothing and needs to, you know, fold, which would in this sense be to trade back. 
Yeah. I mean, point in case no one saw Jordan Love coming last year. I mean, there was some tea leaves out there that everyone missed. So, you know, other than drafting Kyle Trask, I do think everything is on the table, including drafting an edge rusher, which is going to, you know, fuel Packer fans and make them go nuts. But I think the edge rusher would be the Elmo gift with the fire. Um, I am sitting next to, I don't know actually if I'll be sitting next to him, but I'm going to the Brewer Dodger game that night. Freddie Peralta, Trevor Bauer, um, which must see there as well. And I'll be sitting next to Eric, who is a little bit of a reactionary Packer fan. We're oil and water. Um, not necessarily the same kind of Packer fan. And if they draft an edge and I have to try to talk him through the eighth inning of the Brewer game with why they drafted an edge, I might just run onto the field and just take the fine and just not deal with it. Yeah, I love Eric. I don't have time for his Packer takes, nor is he educated about the draft. So, I mean, he. <laughs> He's wide receiver robust, I'm sure. Maybe he's trying to see if we can move up for Kyle Pitts. So I don't know. I don't know. But but here's the thing. It's like the edge rusher would drive people crazy, but what people don't understand is you just need pass rushers. And if you know it, you can get get a guy. And edges aren't that valued. Same with defense, you know, interior defensive linemen. I mean, Daniel Jeremiah said this might be the worst interior defensive lineman group that he's seen in the last 16 years. Which and you and Daniel Jeremiah, I talk about this a lot with basketball with Mitch, but you have you have guys you can trust and guys that just can kind of fuck off. Like the Shefties and the Raps of the world, they're fine, but they don't really but they're just getting they're just getting leaks this week. That's right. all they're doing. Right, exactly. So they're not necessarily in the weeds. Like Daniel Jeremiah is in the shit. So I trust what he says and when he's like, hey. This interior D-line class sucks. Like, I love Dayon Nixon, but at the same time, like, I'm not going to be upset if, you know, the Vikings draft Christian Barrymore. Not that they would. They don't really need him. But you get my point is I trust that. And I trust that if, you know, edges are tough. But you if you have that guy, I do think that would be the one pick. I think a running back would also drive Packer fans crazy because they just signed Aaron Jones. And it's like, well, if you're going to draft a running back in the first round, why did you even bother re-signing Aaron Jones? Well, yeah, if we did this podcast three months ago, as bad as that is to draft one in the first round, as the Warren Sharps of the world will tell you, it really never works out. I mean, look at Saquon Barkley, Ezekiel Elliott, Christian McCaffrey. Those worked out, and their teams were stupid enough to tear their contracts up, minus Saquon, way too early. So they didn't even get to take advantage of the fifth-year option of having a running back somewhat underpaid. Right. But right. yeah, I mean, that would drive people. I, I don't think the Packers are going to draft a running back until at least the third round. No. And I would have a tough time even being happy with a Kenneth Gainwell from Memphis at that point who will be there. Um, I do think it's a day three type of thing. But to the defensive line thing, you know, there's a lot of bets out there. It's going to be Alabama Thursday night. We might see seven guys go if Najee Harris is picked. But to your point about interior defensive lineman, Christian Bamore might not go in the first round. And he's the only guy, unless we get some major surprise that is even capable of going in the first round. It's, I don't think it's, it's just a very thin interior defensive line room. You know, Bobby Brown and Milton Williams are guys I like. Yeah. Uh, yeah. There's yeah, a lot of smoke. There's a couple guys from Washington. There's a lot of nose tackles. Um, but no, it's not a great draft for that. Um, but it's an amazing offensive line draft. Like, oh yeah, 
we might get a couple all pros from this outside of the first round there there's there you could go 10 tackles deep that I like that could either you know start day one at right tackle or move into guard it's just an amazing offensive lineman draft and I do think that's because we concentrated so much on these power five schools and you know we know that guys from Michigan and Notre Dame are going to be good in the offensive line in Wisconsin and we don't need to worry about you know let's throw out the Pac-12 tape and let's throw out the Big 12 tape. Those guys typically aren't very good for some exceptions, you know, from Oklahoma and Oklahoma State this year. So, yeah, it, I mean, it's a great draft in some senses. It's an, a could be an iconic quarterback draft, but whenever there's five guys taken, not all five are going to be any good. So no. uh, I think, I think, should we just start there and say like, who, I mean, we're both on, we're both completely aligned with Zach Wilson's our bust, right? Oh man. So I am, but the Chris Sims with he, when he was on Ryan Russell's podcast and Chris Sims nailed Lamar, he nailed Patrick Mahomes. It has made me a tinge nervous that I'm, that I'm under, that I'm undervaluing Zach Wilson and that I'm just going to have to earn the L but, and he is, is playing with Mike LaFleur, Matt's brother and Salah and I uh, Rosillo just had the BYU coach on and I was like which I mean talk about a guy who is just chalk but anyways I John Beck stuff you know Wilson driving 10 hours during the pandemic where he didn't have to go to school like I can look at that both sides like what did he really need to do last year in the spring BYU's facilities were closed I would have done the same thing and gone worked out with John Beck Um, I mean at this point these quarterbacks have been pried apart I'm, Zach Wilson is probably my third quarterback on my draft board just because I'm going to put Mac Jones and then Trey Lance four and five Mac Jones, because he played with an all world team and it's tough to judge. But if the Patriots pass on Mac Jones, you're going to know he's not good because that means Belichick got the right pointers from Saban. Now all the receivers have come out and said that basically Mac Jones is better than Tua. That's hard to take for people that thought Tua was all world. And Trey Lance just gets that fifth slot because he played one football game last year in a non non FCS conference. Can Can I ask you where would Jordan Love be if you were evaluating Jordan Love? Like where where does Jordan Love fit in this draft? I mean, it's a tough question because you don't know what Jordan Love would have right. done last year at Utah State. Let's um, just let's just assume that Jordan Love. Let's just put last year's stats with these guys. I mean, from what I've heard, he'd be right there, three and four. Like he would be ahead of Trey Lance. There would probably be another, he'd be way ahead of Trask and Monk and even David Mills. Um, yeah. I think it's a two quarterback race. I think Fields has a chance to be like Cam Newton crossed with big Ben. I mean, just a stud and Trevor Lawrence. I mean, I'm not going to backpedal on what we've seen. He would have been the first overall pick three years ago. I know everyone's tried to pick him apart the last three weeks that he doesn't love football and, Dumb yeah. shit. They said that with Justin Herbert too. I mean, that was that was the knock on Justin Herbert, and it was it's what led Miami to go on with Tua over Herbert. And I mean, that is looking catastrophic. It's not there yet. That it, it's it's, Trey, it's near Trey Young, Luka Doncic. Yeah, for sure. And I guess for the Packers' sake, like they could get really lucky here and really only have to worry about one guy. And it could be Mac Jones. It could be Trey Lance. It could be Justin Fields. Right now, the 49ers are not letting anybody know. I don't. I think they know, as you told, we said pre-prod, pre-production, but they aren't letting anyone else know. It is lock and seal. 
and everybody has their own theory. I've heard, I heard Trey Lance today. I heard, I've heard just, we heard Justin Fields last week, two weeks ago with Mac Jones. It's like, no one knows. And everybody's thrown off the scent, which I kind of love. But when it comes to the Packers, they're really going to survive this because Zach Wilson, Trevor Lawrence, probably Justin Fields or one of the others goes to Denver. So that means three out of the five are not going to be in the NFC and don't have to worry about that anytime soon. Yeah. I mean, Justin Fields, I think is the guy just because that's what Vegas says. And they usually know this stuff. And right. I don't know why you trade up to three for Mac Jones and Trey Lance. I would probably call Atlanta and the Bengals there, but yeah, you have to worry about Washington and Chicago for the other two. Um, I'm, I'm really in on the bears. I didn't touch the quarterback bet of how many will go, but I'm so here for the bears taking Trask at 20 and just like getting ready for that or David Mills. Um, That'll be awesome. So yeah, the quarterback thing is going to, it's going to fuel the night, you know, from all the simulations I've done, I've tried to simulate what happens when things get wild at four and five, as in what is the price for, Atlanta and Cincinnati to not guarantee they're getting Kyle Pitts and Jamar Chase. And the price to me is a couple firsts, but I would do it because I wouldn't draft Kyle Pitts at four. I just, there's way too much historical bad juju of drafting a tight end that high. God knows if he can block and Jamar Chase hasn't played football in a year and I'm going to take the extra inventory. I'm going to, I'm going to make somebody, give me the war chest. I'm going to make Washington give me their next three first round picks and everything until day three starts this year and just have a pick of the litter and go wild. So, and if I'm the Bengals, I know there's a lot of smoke about Julio Jones that came from nowhere. There's really nothing they can do with him because they would take a major cap hit um, trading him this week. But if I'm the Bengals, I also trade back because there's left tackles loaded. You know, Rashawn Slater is going to be there. Uh, Darasau is going to be there. I- I'm trading into the early teens and making somebody just give me a hellacious offer. Do you think that – I want to touch on Julio in a second, but do you think that the Bengals thing is there's a little player empowerment, like NBA style, where it's like we have to keep Joe Burrow happy and we're going to draft his his guy and make it happen? Or do you think the Bengals – kind of being the cheap they're savvy but they're cheap and they're saying all right we're going to trade back and joe's still going to be all right maybe we get terrence marshall in the third the third round or second round with one of our pick one of our extra picks i don't worry that mike brown's family really cares about player empowerment Probably and not. what is another receiver going to do to keep joe burrow upright he's dealing with a yeah. major you know major knee reconstruction not only an acl but i think an mcl he's got a brutal scar so he's the oh, yeah. you got to draft many offensive linemen and i know they claim they've shored up the line but that's just an insurance protect the face of the franchise so, i mean we'll see how stupid these gms are we'll see if they're like we'll see if we put our head up at seven and all three receivers are gone which would be nuts in my opinion yeah. i mean uh, not, you know, I know people have divided opinions on Warren Sharp. I happen to respect him a lot. He put up a great stat the other day, a tweet of the difference between first round receivers and second round receivers. And those second round receivers have guys like Mike Thomas, DeAndre Hopkins, Devante. I mean, Jordy Nelson. There's a lot. Yeah. Jordy Nelson. There's a ton of busts. The Kendall Wrights of the world. Yeah. The Corey Coleman's of the world. They're out oh, there. Corey and Coleman. 
Yeah, Corey. Yeah, exactly. So, I like. I, I liked Corey Coleman out of college, though. I I did. I that Baylor big Art, offense. Big Art Briles guy, I think you were. So that's why. Well, that's <laughs> but Art Briles. Art Briles ran a good, uh, uh, awesome system. He was a terrible human. He, but the system was not an NFL system, as Bryce Petty showed us. Uh, shout out to Bryce Petty. Uh, but you're right. And the Julio thing is an amazing content for local radio guys who have nothing to talk about. And like that, who don't know that Julio can't get traded until June 1st without a massive cap hit. Yeah. And, and let's be honest, Julio, it, it, it's not going to happen. Just no. stop. Just like that's the MJ gift. Like, just stop. Like, put it where don't the AJ even... Green, yeah. Put it where the AJ Green rumors lived. Julio is not glue factory, but he's like, he could retire next year. He could go Calvin Johnson. Yeah. I've been on a shitty team for 10 years. I'm done. I can't move. Right. Exactly. And so that it's all sort of happening. And you're right. It could get really nuts. It's true with the Redskins and the, or football team, excuse me. And the bears would add a little layer to the worry. The other thing about the GMs, a lot of new GMs at, at the top. So you have Brad Holmes with the lions. You have, uh, George Patton with the Denver Broncos. So you have got uh, the Panthers GMs new. So you have all these new guys who are kind of wanting to make a splash, which can be, can run you into trouble can really, whether it is the offensive skill guys, I think the best case scenario for the Packers is if all these GMs are like, we need to make a splash. We need a flashy guy. We need a guy that's going to light up social media and basically it denigrates the offensive line position. And then all of a sudden these guys are falling and maybe a guy like Rashawn Slater is there at 19, right before the bears pick, if they don't trade up and the Packers could move up for a guy like Rashawn Slater. And then your fucking line is set for a long time. And no matter who the quarterback is, they're going to be protected. Yeah. I think the draft goes in tiers. You know, it's really what happens between four and nine, you know, between Cincinnati, um, Atlanta, Miami, Detroit, Carolina, and Denver. We'll know very quickly if Carolina wants a quarterback or not. Um, I don't think they're going to be willing to overpay to move up a couple slots. And if Lance or Jones are there, great. Um, God knows what the Vikings, uh, you know, not the Vikings, but Patton's going to do, former Vikings personnel guy. With the Broncos, I know they had, you know, the Vikings were linked to Trey, Trey Lance for a long time. They've heavily scouted him, you know, from things I know. And then what are the NFC East teams going to do? It's so odd, but they're they're right there at 10, 11, and 12. I mean, they all could pick receivers. They all should pick defense. Um, but I think that's where Micah Parsons goes in those three picks, which I'm fine with, have actually kind of moved off of Micah Island oh. because of his coverage skills. And you know, just some things I've heard about, not off the field, just like, we're not sure if he can cover. So that scares me, you know, like drafting. So basically he could be like a cooler Brad Jones, basically. He could just be like your old school nineties Penn state linebacker. Like Luke Keekley. Yeah. Luke. I mean, Luke Keekley was pretty good. So um, he could be London Fletcher and not good. You know, LeVar Arrington shouts. Yeah. So, I mean, and we'll get back to the Packers for everybody that's actually listening, but it'll be interesting to happens at 15. I think Goody starts to pick up the phone at 17 with Vegas. You know, the Dolphins will be wheeling and dealing all night at 18. The Washington football team 
they're pretty established like team wise. So I think they probably sit tight and pick best player available. That's where like my favorite dream Packer right now is probably going to go in Jeremiah Osua Komara from Notre Dame. Now there's some questions about how great of a tackler he is, but he can play all over the field defensively and cover anyone. So if I was Washington, I'd probably pick him. If I was the bears, I would pick him. If I was the Colts, if I pick him or the Titans, they all need kind of linebacker defensive help. So if he somehow makes it through there, I think you have to pick up the phone at 23 with the jets and make, you know, just do the deal because he's not going to make it through the rest of it. The Browns need linebacker help. The Steelers are always ready there to pick a linebacker. God knows what the Jags and Urban Meyer are going to be doing. I think that's a Kadarius Tony spot. If he's gotten good intel from Dan Mullen, you know, Urban's going to want a guy that can fit that kind of jet sweep position. So, you know, it's going to be a wild draft. I hate that the Ravens have two picks kind of surrounding us um, because they draft very smartly like us and they draft for the future. And, they now need some offensive line help down the road uh, with trading Orlando Brown. So we'll see kind of how it shakes out, but it's going to be a fun round one. Can we circle back to JOK? I, I, don't, I can't pronounce his name yet. I'm just going to go JOK. Um, that, doesn't that kind of sound like what Joe Barry wanted from a middle linebacker, though? Like, if you hear it, like, I know he's not a middle linebacker. I know he's more like kind of a all over, as you mentioned, but they were like looking for these rangy guys. Isn't that exactly what Barry wants for that Vic Fangio style defense? Yeah, it is. Now it's a good linebacker draft, you know, all the way down to Derek Barnes from Purdue in terms of guys that we think Goody will approve of from a RAS score standpoint and aren't Blake Martinez and, you know, have cinder blocks on their feet um, <laughs> in our turnstile 15 yards down the field as they lead the NFL in tackles. But I just don't know how much pull Joe Barry has in the draft room, you know? No, uh, that's true. It, it's really interesting. And, you know, we're a West coast drafting team as well. We traditionally have been, we, you know, we really, it depends what relationship Goody has with that Scott that covered yeah. Notre Dame. Yeah. But Lafleur also worked for Brian Kelly. Yeah. And, and so there is some Intel there. And if they say, Hey, what do you know about him? Or, you know, Eichenberg, too, the tackle, who we both really like if you listen to the draft manifest. So, or even Robert, or even their other tackle that can play guard, Robert Hainsey. We like him yeah. a lot. I, I would yeah. be surprised if he came out of the draft without a Notre Dame guy. Yeah. No, I, I think Notre Dame has a ton of talent on that team. And I, I think that if you, it would, might be a spicy take, but Notre Dame could have the best pros out of any of the, the big teams that are there. I mean, Alabama, yeah. obviously, but. Maybe if we put Notre Dame in the Big Ten, I don't. I think Alabama has a pretty big leg up. Um, no, I mean Alabama always does, but some of those Alabama guys have busted out, and that's yeah. that. That has never always been there, but yeah, I mean, we'll see. I mean, as guys, I like that we've some have mentioned, some haven't. Like, I love the idea, and I just was shitting on Alabama, but Leatherwood is a guy I really like. Alex Leatherwood, Travion Jenkins. Our guy Rashad Bateman, if they decide to go with the wide receiver, which would I think also drive Packer fans kind of crazy, if they go, oh now you draft a receiver, oh after all of our bitching, now we drafted a receiver. Well, they like, you know, well the Packer fans would go nuts because he's a gopher. Like it'd be like a weird spot because like I, I know gopher fans do not want him to go to Green Bay. Yeah, there, if you read Bateman's the gopher good. mentions, they do not want him to go to Green Bay. I, I think Bateman's good. Um, I don't think Leatherwood's a first round pick. 
that really like, if you think Leatherwood's a first round pick, you should be taking the over on seven guys for Alabama because then it will hit. But I think Bateman will be gone. I think Bateman goes, you know, somewhere with like the jets. I don't think Washington takes a receiver because they signed Curtis Samuel. They've been mocked to a lot of receivers. I think Bateman might go to the saints. He could go the Browns for some reason have been mocked for receivers, which I, I don't get at all. That would, I mean, the Browns have the deepest team in the NFL, they claim, which they do, you know, when you draft in the top five for 35 years, it does happen. But um, I don't think Bateman will be there. I would love if Elijah Moore's there. Um, but if you asked me today, I'll ask myself, I think we're going to trade out. I want to trade out. I want to make Jacksonville give up a three picks in the top 100. I want more inventory. You know, I, I basically want more inventory. I want to pick in the late thirties. And then I want some picks starting. Like I want like four picks, 60 through 80. I just want to pick off two corners, a D lineman and maybe, you know, a wide receiver. That's what I want. I want to like a bunch of studs that we think can contribute right away next year. If, if they need to be. Yeah. That's not going to happen. Yeah. And I mean, if you get a guy, you basically get a bunch of late picks. You can then draft, you know, a Quinn Merritt's and get a bunch of other guys there too, which Merritt's, I probably butchered his last name. The Whitewater kid is the pinhead of pinhead picks. It's the king pinhead. Everyone would love it. It would be world like just approved by everyone. That said, the guy fucking bench pressed 33 times at 225 with a broken hand six weeks prior, that's man strength. And that's, again, making that offensive line so damn good. And if you trade out, yeah, you're going to have – you might have just a war chest of second and third round picks to just go after as many holes that you need to plug for next year. Yeah, I mean, I think we're going to probably draft two offensive linemen in our first, like, five picks. I think it's – swing tackle. And I think it's interior lineman, either Creed Humphrey, Kendrick green, you mentioned Quinn. Um, I, I think we're both off of Landon Dickerson just because Damn. not his, not his current ACL, but the, all the other injuries um, they add up. He, he seems like the guy that people just want to pick because he's from Alabama and he looks the part and he just never can get on the field. Yeah. I think it would be a big mistake to get him. Um, I would be surprised given how well the Packers are with injuries and how just they take all that inventory seriously. I would be so surprised if they, if they drafted him. Um, are there, so in terms of storyline stuff that, that I just can't stand, I think the Jordan love could get traded to the new England Patriots thing is such a made up thing that somebody created and was like, Oh, I don't know. I got this thing. And like, it, I mean, look, could Jordan love get traded? Maybe. I'd be shocked, stunned, uh, even. But that said, like I, I that that thing was su- such a made-up internet hoax. It's like the Laker catfish girl. If you follow along with that story last week, I mean, if Belichick wants to do that, I'm asking for 15 and 46, and I'm walking away happy with it. Yeah, um, I'll never do that. That's so much valued. We, you know, we basically, yeah. I mean, the chart would go off through the roof probably from what we, you know, gained but Jordan loves not getting traded. So it, that would yeah. honestly be the crazy, like that would lead get up for weeks. Oh, yeah. 100%. Uh, so, like, I, I think the running back thing is interesting. I think the only team that really needs a running back 
is Miami and Pittsburgh. Um, it's just it, – it, look at all the running backs in the Super Bowls the last oh, yeah. five. No, I know. Are but there this, any other – are there any other storylines that are annoying you right now that you're like, I can't believe we're, we're having this conversation in terms of either Packer Twitter or the Packer media mafia. I mean, I don't think the Packer media mafia has a clue about Patrick Sertan and Jace Horn. I mean, they're both pretty flawed prospects. Patrick Sertan is probably ranked where he is because of his dad. And he went to Alabama, you know, like in the middle of the season, he got torched and he got torched by Jamar chase a couple times. So did Diggs, who went the year before to the Cowboys. Um, he is big. And then, you know, Caleb Farley hasn't played in a year. He's got a back problem. And then Jace Horn got torched by the Alabama receivers. So I'm more of like, I think that like, they're just totally missing on a lot of the storylines. And like, if you were stupid enough to think Darius Tony is going to be a Packer, that's fine. But like, I, I just don't see it. That's the Kadarius, Tony, Rondell Moore stuff to me is just like, you really don't know our team. When's the last time we picked a gadget guy that high, but that's nothing really annoys me. I'm not, I have like pretty thick skin as you know, but yeah, the Kadarius, Tony, like Rondell Moore stuff, I would have maybe got roped into like when I was 17. Um, but I mean, at 30, I, you know, I'm a little bit more wise. This ain't my first rodeo. So um uh, that stuff's kind of annoying, but other than that, I don't get annoyed by the draft because I just, I love everything about it. Um, so there, there, you know, it'll be funny on Thursday. What comes out, what Laramie Tunsil gas mask story comes out. Like is, is uh, Micah Parsons not found like somehow he didn't make it to Cleveland or like it is Kadarius Tony's rap music more important than whatever team he's playing for. Yeah. Um, I mean, Bob McGinn had that in the athletic and only Bob can get away with that. Um, I think, I mean, there's going to be some crazy takes on the edge rushers because some of these guys have barely played like football. So, um, you know, the Gregory Rosary guy, I think he sat out last year from Miami and he played one year of defensive end before that. So you're basically maybe going to take a first round pick on like a European like swing forward in the NBA and hope it works yeah. out. Um, who, who will have more hype after thursday the niners the cowboys or somehow the vikings i feel like always have just weird hype around their drafts and then it mounts to shit and it's every I mean, year it's like rick spielman did it again and it's like nah not really just got a lot of flasher players i i think i mean the the niners will be it because they're gonna draft a quarterback and it's gonna be polarizing right. but I think Jebediah Jerry, whatever he decides to do at 10, you know, he's probably sitting at home with four fingers deep right now, reminiscing with Sean Lee on what it was like to have a star in his helmet for so many years as Sean Lee sat in concussion protocol since I think 2010, not that we're going to need to make fun of concussions, but uh, I loved that that was a Monday news drop. But uh, I, I do think the Cowboys drafting Micah and Jerry already, like, I mean, maybe giving him Charlie, Charles Haley's number or, if they draft, like, it's really Cowboys. I mean, the Cowboys are so laughable at this point. They haven't been good in 25 years. Him him telling, you know, Patrick Sertan at the press conference that he's already called Dion and he can wear 21, you know, just things like that that are so Jerry. <laughs> like, that's what I'll be there for. <laughs> I, I'm here with Watermelons McCarthy. We're calling him Watermelons now. Uh, and we're, we're taking Sertan. Uh, yeah, I already talked to Dion. Uh, we have his 21 set up right right there ready to go um also talk to moose about how to avoid concussions 
um, at the older age, just so he has that playbook. Yeah, Jerry drafting Sertan and saying he was number one on their board. That'll be great. Like, you know, not Trevor Lawrence. Kyle Pitts? We never thought about Kyle Pitts. Yeah. Well, I don't know why people were mocking us to Kyle Pitts. Kyle I, Pitts I, yeah, will be amazing because, like, unless they plan on him playing linebacker or D-end, they still have the worst defense in the NFL. So the Cowboys, from a humor standpoint, I mean, the NFC East is so bad. So I, I'm going to circle in on just something. Jerry, you know, he owned the draft last year from his yacht. So, yeah. Um, so, and, and then like something Browns related, like it's going to be, it'll be interesting how the NFL shapes the storyline of, you know, how they've done such a good job with COVID and cared so much about it and only have frontline workers in front of the draft. And like Cleveland deserves a better party than they're probably going to have because that city, all they had for 20 years is the draft that was their Super Bowl. Um, and it'll be a great time and hopefully the weather's great. Um, but it'll be interesting to see how old Roger shapes the storyline and, you know, makes it about him and how they were the only league to do a draft in person. And, you know, it, it'll, the NFL does not care about the other leagues, nor they should, they make the most money, but you know, they're going to do something that's going to infuriate like people like us. So. Oh yeah, absolutely. And let me tell, let me be the first to say, I'm very excited to take the Cleveland Browns under come August. Like that is I am so looking forward to it. There's going to be so much smoke around Cleveland and it's going to be fun. I'm going to have a good time with it. Yeah. That'll be a tough one, you know, just emotionally for me, but it depends what the Steelers do. I mean, the Ravens are going to have a bounce back year. So that's for another day. A couple of things oh, yeah. um, I had Packers yeah. pinhead pick. I mean, we kind of hit on that, right? Like Packers pinhead pick is an edge rusher, right? They, they go nuts about. Oh yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Edge rusher, um, running back. I think those would be the two that would everyone would lose their mind. I think they'd actually lose their mind with a safety too. Um, but as I've pointed out, like thing with the safety is if you have a guy who's a true safety and then you bring Darnell Savage up to be more of a rover, I actually think that works out. But people don't think second level like we do. Yeah, and I mean it's really Trayvon uh, Morig who they'll have a lot of tape on from seeing Vernon Scott the year before right that safety really drops off fast if you're looking at Razcore stuff um yep. who what is your favorite draft player name Brady Breeze by far where is Brady Breeze even from where do you think BYU no that's Dax Maline or whatever his name is his name Brady the fact that there's a BYU wide receiver named Dax Brady Breeze uh is he from um Purdue oh, oh Oregon Okay. Mine he's is a, uh, he's a safety for the ducks. Okay. Mine's uh divine Diablo. Uh, oh, from tech. Uh, I love that. Yeah, double D, you know, maybe get Donald to hand that over. Give him his McDonald's deal. Um, would be really nice. Um, I have a, speaking of names, I have a bad habit when friends of mine have boys as kids that I hear their name and I'm like, Oh, that's a football name. I think I've said it about everyone. Every one of my friends who's had a kid, and they've had a boy, and I'm like, oh, that's a football name. I mean, well, some are good, though. Like, some one kid is named Wyatt, and his last name's Manning. Like, come on. Wyatt yeah. Manning, you're – I mean, that kid's playing for Arrowhead for and going to be, like, recruited to Michigan. Like, that's just the given. And I like, know – get, get him a neck roll now, like one yeah. of those type of things. <laughs> exactly. We, uh, some of my Eau Claire friends, we have something similar, like, you know – uh, buddy has a kid that just looks like he's going to be a football player, big old head. And we always kind of do like the uh, Luke Munga, Iowa, like just because like, <laughs> I always did that for so long. Uh, 
you know, as he announced his name. So yeah. what's your overall Chuck? Like I, I have a kind of feel for the draft, but like, let's just go. What's your perfect draft kind of right now. And just high level, you know, you don't need to list all 10 picks or what happens, but like, if you, you know, we're together on Saturday afternoon, cracking a couple champagne of beers and we're reminiscing how we just won the Super Bowl and placing bets and flights to LA, you know, what, how do we get there? Um, I think it's offensive lineman. I think it's a gadget guy, another weapon for Aaron Rodgers. I think it's a few secondary guys and I think it's a rangy linebacker and maybe a dash from an edge. That's, that would be my combination. That'd be perfect. Yours. I mean, yeah, we're pretty aligned on this. We spent a lot of time. Yeah. I feel like you know exactly what I'm going to say. I, I think it's loading up on offensive line and DBs and I'm going to worry about the gadget receiver later with the Travion um, Grimes from Florida, you know, the Iowa receiver, that's an MVS replacement. Um, I know that he doesn't like, he doesn't hit the fundamentals that Goody is looking for, but Dimitri Felton was super explosive yep. at UCLA. I would love for us to take a day three, six round pick at Chubba Hubbard because that guy had like world track speed out of Canada and was a Heisman hopeful before the season started last year. So um, I would like, like I'm pretty good if like Rogers is pissed because we drafted just offensive linemen and I'm going to be like, dude, we lost two basically all pro guys in the last two years of the Chargers in Balaga and Lindsay. We want to keep you upright. So I just hope that we take some of the corners that I want, you know, Robert Rochelle, Ambry Thompson, um, you know, Newsom would be a dream. I always get weird in a lot of my mock drafts when I pick Kelvin Joseph and Jamie on Davis from Kentucky, because it feels weird to pick two dudes from Kentucky, especially on defense when, you know, if you turn on, you know, a CBS game on, on, on Saturday, you, you know, Kentucky dudes don't jump off the field, but that I just Kentucky defense was good last year though. I mean, that Kentucky defense, you, they just didn't have an offense. They were, I yeah. mean, if they had an offense, they were a top 25 team last year. Yeah. It just, it just worries me when like you don't pick. Oh, I hear you. I'm guys just saying. From, like if you're going to pick multiple guys, it's got to be from Ohio state, Clemson or Alabama. Sure. You know, just, sure. No, I, I hear you. I'm just, just pointed out. And I would just be fine with the Packers not having any day three picks. Like if we just go nuts and just load up on what that's how I that do most happen. of it. You know, you know, I know that won't well, happen, but yeah, it won't happen. But um, yeah, I, I'm not, I mean, like I'm not worried about our division at all. I, I really don't even think I'll be mad if Elijah Moore or Rashad Bateman go to the bears because unless they're getting thrown to by a jugs machine, you know, it's going to be okay. So yeah, it'll be interesting. It kind of feels like a house money draft. For the Packers, I just want us to do well. Like, so what's so what's what's a worst case scenario? What's a you and I are drinking at six on Saturday, and you're like, we got to go to Slate and just figure this out. Like, what is that? What does that look like? I think that looks like like Landon Dickerson as for we traded out of the first round and picked him in the thirties and he's not ready for training camp. And we're like, great. So him and Bakhtiari can't play, you know, Rogers gets sacked like five times in the first two games. Yeah, that yeah. worries me. Um, I think a couple other things that worry me is Jamie on Davis does worry me uh, yeah. because he has one year of like dominant football, Kentucky that worries me. And the UCF corners worry me as well. Um, 
Tay oh, Gowan Grant and uh, yeah, the, he's a safety, but yeah, yeah, the, yeah. the UCF secondary scares me. Um, you know, it scares me a lot. And then I think probably last would be like, what is the overall after effect if we just don't draft a receiver? <laughs> like, like, I mean, it's an okay receiver draft. There should be room with 10 picks or I think we'll probably end up with like eight, probably take one in the end of, you know, you know, day three. But if we pick the Western Michigan kid or the, the South Dakota state kid, like I'm not taking flyers on those types of dudes. There's she Smiths of the world from South Carolina that we can plug and play. So Seth Williams like guy, Seth Williams. Auburn. Yeah. Things like that worry me. Um, but I don't know. I mean, I guess if we picked like, if we pick Kyle Trask, I'm pretty pissed off. So <laughs> that would, that would definitely be something for sure. Um, no doubt about it. I, I don't, I don't know if I have anything else that I, I really, I really wanted to cover. We, I, like I said, I said at the beginning of the show that we were going to kind of empty the notebook. And I feel like we just, we just spilled it. Like, I think if you don't know what you're there. So you talked about some gambling options. Um, if you don't know, you can gamble on the draft. Um, last year, we didn't have anything at this point. It was the draft and horse racing. That was about it. That's all you really had. Um, and I'm going to tell a horse racing story on, on Friday's daily tap. So look forward to that. And in honor of the Kentucky Derby, but are there any like picks that you like right now for the people uh, that you know, maybe make a little scrilla here on Thursday night, if they're not doing their MBA and MLB on a daily basis. Yeah. So uh, there's one thing I might do, which is wild. I might wake up on Thursday morning and drive to Denny's over the border in Illinois and play some bets with my friends at the DraftKings Sportsbook, um, which would be awesome to be in the most me thing to like send you the draft recap at 5 a.m. and then just hit it 30, you know, it's only 35 minutes, but hit it 35 minutes south to just crush some Denny's and, you know, get two over easy eggs and a couple strips of bacon and, you know, unload. Um, you know, are you more of a Denny's guy or an IHOP guy? I was asking Mo this because we had an IHOP right by our, our hotel in Austin. I think I would have to go Denny's. Um, yeah, I've had a lot of like, a lot of Denny's memories in my day. I, I do like pancakes a lot um, overall, but yeah, um, IHOP. I think IHOP with that weird name change, it, it, it just it kind of freaks me out. So um, bets I like is if I can pull up. Um, I'm new, using a new service. Um, That's okay. I'll tell you about later. I like the Bears. Um, I like the Bears to not draft a quarterback mm-hmm. a lot because either way, I win. They don't. They don't have a quarterback. They do. They they take like David Mills or you know Kyle Trask. And I also like the Packers not to draft a receiver because like and, and where are those in terms of minus or you know are those minus or plus money? What are we looking at there? Yeah. So, um, overall they're pretty even, um, it's okay. like minus 100. Oh, that's um, nice. That's those yeah, are great so, odds. Yeah. It's kind of like a pick them overall. I felt like, um, and I think it's because Vegas wants to dig into like, Oh, the Packers need a receiver. Um, I'm probably not going to touch the over on Alabama of seven and a half. That seems pretty crazy. And I also will bet, will there be a running back taken? Um, overall, I think it's minus a half. Um, here, I'll give you the actual odds. So, will the Bears draft a quarterback in round one? No, minus 225. I like that a lot. And then, 
Will there be a running back drafted in the first round under 0.5 is plus 200. So I just have to make sure that Kevin Colbert doesn't go nuts for the Steelers and I'm pretty good. So other than that, I'll probably actually zero in on some actual player bets. Like when does this guy go? Right. Um, I feel like I'll have, I think I'm going to have to follow what I just ripped for Jerry Jones and like, see what type of odds I can get on, you know, like a wide out and then Patrick Sertan and Micah Parsons. So do you, any, any, you like Chuck? I haven't dug in as much as you have, which I, I love that you're in there. Cause I'm an everyday just losing money left and right. As I, I looked at what I looked at, what, what just transpired overall. So right now they our friends at Bovada have uh, Justin Fields, even odds as Gene drafts in a top five, which that's interesting. If you think he's going to go in there, I would hammer that. <laughs> um, see if there's any, so Caleb fairly under over tw- 21 and a half is minus minus one forty. Interesting. That's, that's because- uh, He's going 23 to the Jets. Da- uh, Davis Mills under 68 and a half, minus 165. That feels pretty safe. Um, I would take, you know, that Warren Sharp's been hammering this Sean Wade one from like minus Sean Wade's a cornerback for Ohio State that was a nickelback a couple years ago and played really well. And then they got torched in 2020. His over right. under start like 168 and now he's projected to be a third round pick and you know 168 for those that don't have the numbers at home is in the middle of the fifth round wow that i would that, take that on david mills any quarterback mon trask yeah and mills I would take because quarterbacks are always going to go in that second round i mean somebody that's what i i mean that's my dream packer scenario that you know we're sitting at the end of the first round it's getting late and, you know, the Packers media is, you know, they're already complaining about how late they've been up and they finally just trade out. And, you know, they did five hours of, you know, covering live shots from outside of Lambeau. And, you know, all of a sudden we've traded uh, number 29 to, um, I don't know, the Patriots for David Mills. Yeah. <laughs> like, that'd be awesome. See, see, here's here's one that I actually really kind of like is Rashawn Slater over nine and a half at minus 115. I think I that, say- yeah, I think that's perfect. If you wanted to do your Jerry Jones theory, Sertan over 10 and a half is plus 130. So that, no, no, no. You take the over saying maybe he just doesn't go to the Cowboys and you, you, you assume that he is going to go to the Cowboys, but then you at least have that. Hey, what if Jerry, what if Jerry completely, completely screws this up? Um, So that, that is, that's very interesting. I also like uh, Quiddy Payne is plus 130 as the first defensive lineman drafted. Jalen Phillips is the favorite at minus 110. I think that is – that's interesting um, to say the least. But, yeah. Oh, first non-quarterback drafted, Kyle Pitts is only minus 150. That – I would – I would take – I would – if I could get Penny Sewell odds, that's what someone should do at four, but – Sewell's plus 300. Yeah, I mean he's. That's what someone should do if they had a clue, but you know they won't. And no, right. Yeah, Kyle Kyle Pitts will end up being like Evan Ingram. I wish I could, I wish the Cowboys wouldn't have figured out the Dak thing yet, because that would be the best draft storyline that infuriates everyone. <laughs> what are the Cowboys doing? Like, are they trading Dak on draft night? You know, to you know to, to the Saints, and then all right. of a sudden, yeah. so yeah, it's gonna be awesome. 
Um, you know, we'll have this podcast on my draft, you know, preview. Uh, also, if you're looking for things to listen out there, the full manifesto is in the snow tap, um, podcast feed, wherever you listen to those. Um, yeah, we we'll, and we'll, uh, we'll link the, um, we'll link the, that manifesto inside the big board at the very end. So we'll have the full one if you want to listen. Um, so we'll, we'll basically give the people every opportunity to hear your voice. They missed it in some way, capacity. And yeah, we'll talk, we'll talk to you guys tomorrow. Um, Brewers are going to beat five, nothing as I tape, which isn't good. And uh, let down sh- should have been expected maybe a little bit, but what are you, what are you going to do? All right. Take care guys. Murph. Thanks for joining us. We'll be back tomorrow with another edition of the daily tap. See you.